Hello and welcome to this version of the Modern Times podcast, Political Profundity with John Guzan and Karen Weil. Hi, Karen. Hi, John. Hi, all our listeners out there. Well, Karen, we're going to make this another kind of special edition. We're going to do a little quick preview of what's going to happen on Thursday, June 8th in Washington, D.C., when former FBI Director Jim Comey testifies to the Senate Intelligence Committee about um, his firing, uh, his interactions with Donald Trump. Um, And then we're going to come back and do another podcast on Thursday after that's done. And, and kind of give our um, uh, insights on what we thought happened and what uh, the ramifications are going to be. Um, I was kind of excited about it, and you seemed excited about us kind of maybe taking this on a little bit more, uh, you know, timely to when it's happening. Right. So, Good idea. Karen, what do you think is going to happen? Um, do you think, you know, I mean, you know, ABC <laughs> News, we had talked about this right before we came on the air. They, they made an announcement saying, um, that Comey wasn't going to directly uh, say that, that Trump was trying to obstruct justice. Um, but we were kind of reading into that different ways. I'll let you get the start on that one. Well, right. There's an ABC exclusive report now. It names uh, an unnamed source. So well, it doesn't name anybody. My dun, bad dun, on dun. that. Uh, that Comey's not going, he's going to stop, stop short, as you just said, of accusing Trump of obstructing justice because that is an automatically impeachable offense. Uh, period, end of story, end of sentence. However... End of podcast. Uh, he's also... Pardon? I said end of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. <laughs> However, he's also not going to let Trump off the hook in terms of claiming that he was not under investigation. He's basically going to contradict what Trump has said numerous times. Right. So, I, I mean, who knows? You know, you're already starting to see a lot of hype being built up towards this. Supposedly, the bars in D.C. are going to open early, that all <laughs> the networks are going to start from the beginning having coverage. And I have no doubt a lot of people are going to be watching. Um, if, I, if I had to make predictions here, and man, do I hate doing that, <laughs> I'm going to say that, that will there be this kind of dun-dun-dun moment that, you know, ends up with Trump being frog-marched out of the White House? No. No. I also think that James Comey's not going to do anything to help this man. Right. And if anything, what he is going to, what this testimony is going to show, or what it's going to do is simply solidify the division over this person to begin with. Trump supporters won't believe anything Comey says, even sure. though they had no problem with him destroying Hillary Clinton's chances for election. Yeah, even though I know, I don't think that was Comey's intention whatsoever. Doesn't excuse his bad judgment, but nevertheless. Um, but for people who already are subtly against Trump, which is a good chunk of the majority of this country, and then that percentage that thinks, I don't like him, I didn't vote for him, but, but for them, they're probably going to think this proves to me that while there may not be that exact piece of evidence that shows Trump directly colluded with the Russian, it sure looks like he's trying to hide something. Right. And as we've seen from past presidents, from one Democratic one who got impeached for lying under oath, to one who nearly got impeached and had the good sense to get out when he did, um, that, you know, you can lie and you can cover up, but eventually, I don't care who it is, I don't care even with social media, or quote-unquote fake news, or even with this partisan divide, the truth comes out. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I, you know, there's, I just he's not going to help Trump. He's not going to necessarily uh, hand, uh, you know, be responsible for the 
the quote-unquote death blow that drives him out of office right away. Right, right. So that's that's just where I see this going. But again, we don't know, you know, testimony hasn't happened. A lot can happen between now and Thursday. And another observation I've had, I don't see that James Comey wants to do anything particularly to help Trump, not only because he fired him, but because then the man insulted him, called him a nut job. Now, say what we will about James Comey, but I don't think his mental health is in question here. Uh-huh. And and, you know, and Trump and, once again just go ahead. No, no well, well, Trump also uh, today, you know, said you know, good luck, you know, like he was kind of like, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, calling him out. And um, it's good. It is going to be interesting though to see what sort of information there is. I mean, there's going to be something, and and you wouldn't expect. At least I never expected. Comey to be the one to get up there and say he obstructed justice. I think he still realizes at this point, and especially with everything that went on, that you know some people were saying he was making the decision whether to prosecute or not with the with the um, Hillary Clinton email case when he was declaring it over, um, but that that he still knew that it was the Justice Department that had the ability whether they were going to prosecute or not in that case. And I think in this case with with you know Trump and the obstruction of justice, it goes down to um, you know the Senate deciding that um, that something was obstruction of justice, so that they're going to prosecute, or the Department of Justice again trying to do a criminal proceeding. Um, and so you know, I mean, does anybody do you think really thinks that he's going to do that, or is there going to be evidence? I mean, because that was that you know that report kind of laid it out there that he wasn't going to say that. Well, would you expect him to anyway? Um, and, and do you still think that his testimony could lead either to the Justice Department or the Senate Intelligence Committee to recommend um, uh, you know, you know, uh, some sort of prosecution or impeachment because uh, of his testimony, not because he's saying that it should be that way? I, again, I, I think several factors are at play here. You have a Republican Congress who, for reasons sometimes that just simply defy logic, are going to go out of their way to protect this man and shield him, even though there's a very good chance he's going to cost them the House next year and may cost them a few Senate seats. And may continue to just drive away millennials, immigrants, and others from joining the GOP because they just find them so distasteful and bankrupt. Yep. So, you know, again, it's going to depend on the public's reaction and how much pressure individual Congress members are getting. And yes, when people speak out, contact their Congress people. We had a March for Truth on Saturday across the nation. While certainly nowhere near the turnout of the Women's March, it, it showed there's still a lot of people who are very, very upset with what's going on here. And they just can't be dismissed. Um, so it, it, it depends on that. It depends on, and again, I, that's the main key here. How many Republicans are going to have enough of a conscience to understand that the long-term damage this man is doing to them is not worth it? And say, we need to allow, number one, an independent investigation to fully go forward and let the facts lead where they do. Or if they just say, you know, we've had enough. This isn't working anymore. This man is not mentally stable. It's, it's probably apparent that he, he did indeed have some actions with the Russians, or someone within his administration did. This is not acceptable to this country for that to happen. 
again, that would be maybe asking too much of some of them. Yeah, and you know, uh, I, I'm sorry I, to say. Yeah, but, but it, it is going to be interesting to see the way. Yeah, and it, it, it's going to be interesting to see the way it ends up getting framed. And and as you mentioned, it's going to be carried live on most of the of um, um, you know not just the news networks. But they're, they're, they're programming networks. So all the soap operas, if right. there's any still on, um, but the view of, you know, the, the, that television show, The View, all those daytime shows are going to be preempted by, by this testimony. And that, and that could have an impact. You know, one thing Trump hasn't done yet uh, is given an uh, a address to the nation from the White House. Um, and, no, you know, he absolutely hasn't. And he's made no, given no real valid explanation, no response of any credibility to any of this. This is also what is hurting him. You know, he already is coming from a credibility deficit as wide as the Grand Canyon, okay, to, you know, it, perhaps if maybe, just maybe, he was willing to be honest and open with the public, perhaps that might help him. Right. But he has not done that. And again, I maintain, I don't care who you are, if, you know, there's a cover-up, it's going to be found out. Right. It's, and, not, it's not so much the crime, it's always the cover-up. And, you know, as far yeah, as the absolutely. you know the coverage goes, and we were just mentioning, you know, I don't know if you had seen this uh, announcement, but supposedly um, uh, Washington Post reporter Robert Costa told MSNBC today that supposedly the president, um, President Trump, is going to directly respond to Comey on Twitter as his testimony is underway. I, and you keep hearing this, that there are a lot of people in this administration, they know Trump's out of control. But there's no one really with the power or ability to stop him. Certainly his daughter is proving to be useless in that regard. Um, again, Trump is not a mentally stable person. He does not act like a normal adult. And if it gets as insane as I think it's going to, again, he's not going to help himself here. The best advice I could give him is to just shut up today. Let Comey say what he's going to say. If you have legitimate, credible responses to that, answer them at the appropriate time. But constant childish tweets? No. That's not what a real leader does. Yeah, and, uh, um, you know, this is this is what, uh, what we have right now. This is a quote from Ross Story about what Costa supposedly told MSNBC, and it says, I was just talking to some White House officials this morning, and their view is that the president himself wants to be the messenger, his own warrior, his own lawyer, his own spokesman, Costa explained. Some outside <laughs> people, some surrogates will be available. But the president is... Excuse me, I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> hey. Really? His own warrior? Give me a break. He's going to connect with his own inner warrior. But, you know, um, you know, I mean, what can be said? I mean, I guess I, I just don't see this precedent continuing and us continuing um, in any sort of, 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 of connection to, you know, some of the, the, the way the presidential um, uh, office was held in the past. You know, I mean, you can't, I mean, I don't think, you know, Trump isn't going to set precedents um, in, in this kind of way. I think, you know, if anybody's going to, Go. It's going to be completely away from Twitter after all this. Um, I don't see anybody rational doing this again. Um, you know, because they, they had oh, talked about the change not. that Twitter I mean, brought, and it also what it brought to Obama's campaign in 2008. But that was different. That was getting the word out in different ways. But when you're serving, you don't legislate and 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 serve your office from Twitter. You campaign in Twitter, and I think it'll probably go back there. You give interviews to legitimate uh, media outlets 
be they liberal or conservative, I suppose, and, and then anywhere in between, you just simply do not respond and act in the manner in which this person does. You know, Hillary Clinton, say whatever you will about her. She certainly wouldn't be conducting herself this way. If we had John Kasich, Marco Rubio, or even Ted Cruz, who can be very obnoxious, but there's no doubt a very smart man, uh, or perhaps another Republican, or even Mike Pence, they would not be conducting themselves in this manner, whatever their flaws. Yeah, and, so, uh, you know, I, I know I know we wanted to keep this quick because we're going to end up doing a yeah. longer podcast on Thursday. Um, but one of the last things I wanted to ask you about as far as Trump is concerned is, did you see the comments from George Conway, who is Kellyanne's husband, who basically was, huh. you know, giving him the, hey, buddy, uh, don't be an idiot kind of thing. What would you think of that well, one? Right. It's, it's, well, of course, Conway may have felt, you know, legitimately felt this way, and then I'm willing to bet the phone call from either the president or someone in his administration of course, his wife is Kellyanne Conway, one of his spokespeople. Uh, we don't see that much of her anymore uh, because of uh, some of the you know, embarrassing and just blatantly dishonest things she has said. Um, so, you know, he was told to just shut your mouth now. But again, you keep, we keep reading stories that there are a lot of people in this administration. They see this train wreck happening, and they're really they're powerless to stop it. So... Um, you know, I, I don't think George Conway, frankly, is somebody most people have a lot of use for to begin with. All right. Um, so I just, you know, yeah, he, he smarted off and yeah, he got taken to the woodshed and that's that. And we'll never hear a word from him again. Yeah, well, you know, when you talk about the, no, know, the, the, the erosion so of, yeah, you know, we know that the, the only way anything is going to happen with Trump is if there's an erosion to his support. And even seeing that you would have someone as high placed as he is or as, as as somewhat influential, at least in his circles and around Trump supporters, saying anything, it seems like, you know, that 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 that's almost like another another step in the avalanche which we know has to come. I mean right. I, I was it symbolic so, right. at all I for you? It was for me. That's why I'm asking. I mean, it kind of seemed yeah. almost symbolic to an erosion, um, you know, to me and like an early stage of an avalanche. Um, and, of course, you never know unless it happens there. But do, it seems like you didn't see it so much as that as just somebody just spouting off. Well, I think there's, again, I think it's that. I think it's that a lot of people in the GOP realize what's, what's the damage being done here. But, again, because there is this extraordinarily passionate base of GOP voters who support this man, they're, they're just too afraid to say anything because a lot of them in Congress know they'll get primaried. I, I do think, and there, there's a special election coming up in Georgia. If the Democrat wins this, you are going to start start seeing congressmen just slightly backing away from Trump because they're going to look at the writing on the wall. Again, and then there's no guarantee Oslo's going to win. I, I, you know, I think that goes either way by a point or two, frankly. But if he does, that's going to be the first indication to the GOP that getting in bed with this guy has not really been that great of an idea. Does that mean they're all going to turn on him tomorrow? No. But I, I do see a shift happening. Sure. And even and if, if Cody's testimony is really damaging, you're going to see GOP congressmen, I believe, in these very volatile, volatile swing districts or blue districts also longer know who he is. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, look, that, that happened with Bill Clinton back when he was in a lot of sure, trouble. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, again, you know, there, there's this idea somehow that Donald Trump just defies all conventional wisdom about oh, yeah. political dynamics is way overblown. Some things he gets away with, but others he, he doesn't. Not. Right, right. Yeah, and you know, a very slim margin for victory anyway. We know that, and I think a lot of people were guessing. And you know, we can talk about the other things about. It. I've also seen a lot more references to him being. You know, what else do you expect from a businessman? I've heard from Republicans like they're basically saying doesn't have to legislate, and you know, and so right. we'll see. I mean, at least you know, there's a few things we talked about. Maybe the greatest thing that ever could happen if if we're able to react properly. I think as a country after. After this nightmare, it might be that we finally realize that that uh, uh, never served in business businessmen winning the presidency is a recipe for failure. Number one, and and that kind of dogmatic um, hold you know take no prisoners, um, hate the other guy kind of feeling that came out of the Republican Party might be permanently wounded at the end of all this. If those two things come out of it, then it's worth the struggle. Um, you know. Um, but that's but that's but that's my take on it. Uh, anyway, so we're going to come back and we'll talk on Thursday about what's going on um, and what we uh, saw happen because I don't think we ever know. Uh, any of these leaks come out, it still is going to be a, there's going to be some definite surprises on Thursday, don't you think? I mean, I Comey's got to be holding again, stuff it, it, close. Right. I again, we don't really know for sure what Comey's going to say, but one way or the other, I don't think Donald Trump. Trump comes out of this looking any better. Yeah, uh, you know, Comey had the white Bronco going from FBI headquarters to the airport. <laughs> um, maybe we'll have the rest of the OJ where people will be watching the verdict, um, you know, starting to be on TV. That'll probably be the next must-see must, must see TV. Um, one of the, uh, you know, kind of uh, big parallels, I think, we wanted, we, we kind of talked about just speaking about for a minute or two here, um, is is the D-Day invasion was 73 years ago today. And, it, you know, you're talking about make America yeah. great again, and you kind of talk about, um, you know, the elements of politics and, and how Roosevelt, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, was basically, um, you know, born to become president, it almost seemed like, um, and, you know, because of his experience and, and all the other things he had built up in Secretary of the Navy, all the other things he had done in order to prepare him to be president. So he wasn't, again, just that... That you know that that businessman turned turned all of a sudden reality star slash politician, um, but but it, it it is kind of you know ironic I think to be having these two things at the same day we're almost going through this this uh, crazy situation that we are politically um, and and then looking back at at the time where all of America kind of came together it didn't really matter I mean it ended up becoming you know ending segregation in the armed forces it it changed so many things. The way you know imperial um, um, you know behaviors of European countries and and even of our own um, you know feeling on that and and also our our taking the lead in the world and deciding that morals mattered uh, and then here we are seventy three years later um, and and D Day really made that all possible and seventy three years later I mean NATO uh, we have we have Trump trying to bring all that stuff down um, and it seems almost ironic I don't know if you have any take on it but. That's why I kind of wanted to mention it today. It does seem like two Americas and, and two different Americas, you know, almost in, in hope and point of view. But I don't know. Do you have anything to say on that one? Oh, I mean, you know, look, D-Day was a crucial turning point in the war. And again, you had just a, you know, it was a completely different world from, from today. Uh, you had a much more unified country. And there's no question World War II still continues to, even though a lot of the people who, 
fought in it sadly are no longer with us. Um, but it still continues to have these kinds of impacts and ripples decades later. And certainly, again, given what, you know, Europe's attitude towards Trump and it is complete and utter, almost just disdain for a lot of the leaders of those countries, plus NATO. And, of course, when he recently went there to Europe and was lecturing them about paying their dues when he didn't know what he was talking about, um, I, I think, uh, you know, Sadly, if, if, if this continues for much longer, I fear we're going to see this incredible alliance we've built with a lot of Europe eroded. And that's not going to be a good thing in the long run at all, especially when you will consider that the U.S. needs all the allies it can get in the fight against terrorism. And countries like Germany, like the U.K., France, and others are crucial in terms of helping turn the tide against those who use their religion to commit terror. Right. Um, so, you know, again, D-Day is a great example of what happens when United Nations really unite yeah. for a noble cause. It's certainly a terrible and bloody cause, without sure. question. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and no way to say that, you know, America was great at the time. I mean, there's a lot of things we needed to work on. You know, there was no, I mean, the social net had just been in place. Um, you know, put in place. Uh, there's still segregation, um, but all you know, like we said, it's it was a time where hope reigned supreme and change was on the precipice, and 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 we kind of you know kept going there until you know at some point in the in the you know it hasn't been very long ago, but that kind of era has changed, and as that generation has passed on, it seems like it's um, it's been disappearing. But again, that's probably another podcast for another day, maybe some good interviews. Um, but, Agreed. um, uh, you know, it just, you know, wanted to honor it. I can't, I can't type in June 6th anywhere without thinking about the sacrifices that were made though, that, you know, that day. Um, so just had Same to mention here. it. Um, so Karen and I will be back Same on here. Thursday, um, Thursday afternoon. We'll probably post our podcast. Um, who knows, Karen and I, who, you know, we might, we, we might join in and do a little bit of live stuff with some, you know, with some, with some, with uh, Trump's Twitter feed, I think that might be kind of fun. Um, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take it as um, some, some, you know, if I have the time from work um, and from doing our regular jobs um, and uh, the other things we do, uh, trying to do our reporting and getting our stories posted all day. Um, if we have time, that might be kind of fun to spend time doing Twitter. Again, another thing that we should probably bring up: Trump gets paid to uh, insult people on Twitter, um, where most people uh, have to. Just sneak behind their boss's back to do so. But anyway, that's a whole different story for another day. Uh, Karen, it was great talking to you again, even though it was abbreviated, and we'll talk again on Thursday. Thank you. I look forward to it. And I, everybody listen in. Be watching the hearings on uh, on Thursday. And don't wonder where the view is and turn off the TV. Stay and watch Comey, right? Exactly. Pay attention to what's going on in your government because it does matter and it does affect you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Bye-bye.